Sunday morning on Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan. Thank you for joining us. Coach Reese, good morrow, sir. Good morning. What, what, what you, what's wrong? You nothing? I got it figured out. You got it figured out. I'm good. Oh, you're good. Let's go to work. I, it didn't you're work an that independent way. woman, huh? It didn't start well. <laughs> All the single ladies, man. <laughs> oh, man. What's up? Nah, no, it's a gorgeous Sunday. It really is. And, and it's been really nice this little respite from the heat we've had these last two days or three days really this morning was kind of chilly when i woke up there's a that, that little nip of fall in the air and it can only mean one thing football's around the corner baby college football's around the corner or it's already back yeah. right week zero in college football kicked off yesterday i can't wait to get into some of those games with you i don't know if you had a chance to watch any of it yesterday but i got a chance to sit down on my couch just test out the test out the spot you know what i mean i i i was tempted for for my first couch nap of college football season, but I didn't quite indulge myself. Okay. But I was tempted. Okay. You know? I just want to lie on the beach and eat hot dogs. That's it right there. That's it right there. I just want to sit on my couch on Saturdays and Sundays and just watch football. I just, you know. I like football season and all the things that go with it. You know, I just had to test out different couch positions, you know, figure out time to fridge and back to couch. I had to stop watch out yesterday, you know, get the routine down for for this NFL regular season and college football season we got upcoming. The stopwatch? Yeah, the stopwatch. (laughs) I just have to see because if I got to get up and grab myself another cold one from the fridge, you know, I got to time it, make sure that I don't miss anything so so I can be back, you know. This is sounding very ritualistic. I, I mean, like you said, that's not like, that's not quite how it went, but okay. it was a little bit. Okay, like that. it was a little bit like that. Do you have any routines for football season? Um, typically, the third quarter of any particular game, I take a nap. The third no. quarter, <laughs> any matter. third quarter, any third quarter is nap time. All right, buddy. Well, we got tons to get into this morning, so why don't we get rolling? Last night, the Denver Broncos in their preseason finale, bang 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 bang. How about forty one goose? 41 nothing. They absolutely shut out the Rams last night at Empower Field. Now, before we, you know, start the ticker tape parade, I think it's important to acknowledge that while it was a good note to end the preseason on, Kyle, it, it, it was a preseason. It meant almost nothing, right? I mean, it, maybe, maybe from a depth perspective, you end up coming away from that game feeling better, but it wasn't representative of anything. I'll tell you. Let, let me ask you this before we start. Did you experience any moment of catharsis beating the Rams 41 nothing after the Christmas Day massacre? No. I, this didn't exercise no, anything for no, you? That's still, no. That's still around, huh? No. Because that's, one, is Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about a lump of coal. Mm-hmm. And two, again, it's the preseason, right? And as little as it meant to everybody around here, I think it meant, meant less to the Rams. Right. And and they played like it. You know, Stetson Bennett was, you know, that was kind of a cool storyline to follow. But outside of that, there was really not compelling football being played by the Rams. Oh, at not all. at all. At not all. at all. 
No, no, no. They they didn't really want to be here. What was interesting is I guess the joint practices with the Rams came about, obviously because of the schedule, but it happened to work out because the Walton, Penners, and the Cronkies, you know, it's in the family. I got rich friends. It's, it's in the family. Rich friends. <laughs> I got rich family. I'm rich. You're rich. We're all rich. Buy you up. But, but they made things more affordable for the fans in a way. And last night, whoever went out to Empower Field was treated to the debut of the $100 million stadium renovations projects that went on over the offseason, headlined by the giant, big-ass scoreboard. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. Everybody I everybody I talked to last night who went to the game was like, yeah, no, there was one more that, that the biggest review that came in for the scoreboard. Yeah, it's big. Huge. Yeah, it's big. It's very large. Wow. I'm just looking at the picture from your, from your timeline and, I, I'm interested to see it in person now. I, I, Does it make you want to go to a game it, now? It, I don't know if it makes me. It makes me want to go down there. I don't know <laughs> if I'm going for a game. But, no, I would go. It looks cool, though, man, and, and and kudos. This is, again, not a bad thing to be keeping up with the Joneses. Not in the NFL. Right? Oh, not at all. No, and this is just yet another example of this new ownership group being willing to commit the resources where they're needed. And I... You know, we had Jake Shapiro on our pregame yesterday, and Jake was talking about how a lot of the finishes and a lot of the technology and a lot of the standard right at Empower Field was that of 20 years ago. It's time for a little facelift, right? And and the Walton Penner Family Ownership Group certainly did that. Giant scoreboard, like I said. All the reviews, very large. Uh, the weather held up nicely. We, we were expecting maybe a little bit of rain, but but it was a really nice night for football last that, night. That was that bogus weather report that came in from KJ on Friday. So, <laughs> yeah, well, so don't pay attention to that. KJ's weather reports are are are, are tantamount to Ollie from Family Guy. Oh, man, he's just looking out the window. How's the weather out there, Ollie? Well, rain is <laughs> The Broncos did end the preseason on a good note, though, and it was a very good note at that. Shutting the Rams completely out, forty-one to nothing. You don't really see that that much. We're used to being on the receiving end of those around here the last few years. Oh man, Buffalo last year, game two in the preseason. Yeah, but forty-two fifteen. Yeah, not skunked. skunked. Yeah, they did get skunked. But but like you said, they kind of played like it. You know, they they came out and and, and didn't really have much of a fight. But you got to credit Denver's second team because. Whether or not L.A. had a lot of a, uh, you know, enough of a fight last night, Denver's second team played really well, I thought. I, I came away thoroughly impressed. And, and there was another question that was answered. For you? Yeah. Okay. Jared Stidham is undeniably better than Brett Rippon. I... <laughs> right? Isn't I didn't that the upgrade? the second part of the phrase. Of <laughs> Isn't the that statement? the upgrade? Because could you, really, could you really say that over the last, what, three weeks? No. I, I saw a glimmer of hope. Last week against San Francisco, you didn't. You weren't convinced. Um, from but, Stidham? From Stidham. Okay. But uh, I thought he was sharp last night. And even in hanging in there and taking some hits, coming back and still playing tough. Oh, you want to talk about hanging in there taking some hits? Yeah. Man. Yeah. Man. On the, what was it, the deep shot to Mims. To Mims. <laughs> I, and I said this online last night. I said, look, Stidham just earned my respect. To, to In a preseason game, to know you're going to take that kind of a shot, hang in there and take it right square in the chops, man. I mean, that's where your arm, your shoulder is a is a you know your your arm is above your shoulder, so your chest and your ribs are exposed, and you just take one right in the kisser. That was that was a that was a shot. Yeah, I thought he was sharp. Good good by him. But but the throw was good too. 
I mean, throw was solid. And Mims coming back, adjusting the ball. We spoke about it on the pregame show yesterday, and we're going to get into some of these things here more and more as the ro- uh, as the morning rolls on. But Mims finally showing a little bit of why he was drafted last night. Yeah, and, and we talked about whether or not he needed to play or not. And, and there were a few guys out there that uh, were a little surprising. But with him coming back and making plays, and, and you start to see that explosiveness right? that they drafted, right? Because on that play, that ball was actually – Underthrown, absolutely. And he blew right past whoever whoever was defending him. I, it didn't matter. Understandably oh, underthrown. My goodness gracious. I mean, understandably underthrown. Stidden couldn't finish that. He, he was, yeah, <laughs> he yeah. was tasting his lungs at that point. Marvin, that's right. Take this. Take that. Yeah. No, it was good, man. Yeah. I mean, he 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 blew it. He he blew right past it, man. So so you start to see that, and and so you're like, man, if you're gonna be out there, show me something, and he did. I thought the second team offensive line was really good too. That was part of the reason why Stidham had a better night is the second-team offense. Now, look, the Rams the Rams don't have the best pass-rushing core as it is, and without their starters, it's even worse. The quality depth, would you rather have the Broncos' quality depth or the Rams' quality depth after what you saw last night? I, I think everybody remembers Sean, uh, Sean McVay was talking about quitting after last season, right? <laughs> You're saying, probably, that, you're saying that he, he may have stayed a year too long? Yeah, he, I think you got to know when that, to hold him, know when to fold him. He's saying that to himself right now. Yeah. I'll be damned. Stidham started 7 of 7 and finished 17 of 28 for 236 yards and a touchdown. One carry, by the way, Stidham Vic, or Jared Vic, however you want to call it. You know, Michael Stidham, whatever you want to say. That, <laughs> yeah. that he, he evades the sack and then turns something out of nothing and scrambles for like 20 yards. Yeah, that was a that was an impressive play. Protected himself, got down, got up, gave him a good first down signal. Got a little swag to him. Yeah, again, not the best display of defensive effort by the L.A. Rams there. Yeah, that was that was a you little rough. Yeah, in the regular season, you're definitely getting sacked on that one, Jared. I, I I hate to break it to you, but the but you had to be impressed with that second team offense. 19 first downs, four of eight Ooh. on third down. They got off 46 plays that accumulated 325 yards. Yeah. Now, so here's the problem. They played so well. I don't know if it was the Rams playing poorly. You can, Everybody played well. So it now, was a healthy dose of both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So now you look oh, yeah. at the roster and you're like, yeah, and we're going to keep him too. And I want to keep him. And, and so now hey. I don't know that that helped the cause in terms of who you're deciding is going to be on this last, on the final roster. I thought Stidham last night demonstrated an ability to throw outside the numbers to his outside receivers, right? He was airing it out a little bit more. It was more than just captain check down, which was good to see. Brandon Johnson played last night, had a big completion, two receptions for 58 yards and that 49-yard bomb, another huge catch. Hey, we talked about him yesterday. We were going through this wide receiver room, and we said, look, who's going to make this team? Who's going to be starting for the Broncos in week one? If Jerry Judy's not going to play in week one, then you figure five other receivers not named Jerry Judy make this team, right? Well, I think we got some answers last night. We had some guys step up. I think Brandon Johnson was somebody that we hadn't seen a lot of, clearly, this training camp. And even last season, he's had some bad luck with those ankle injuries. But I believe he's going to be wide receiver number two, Kyle. Number two. Yeah. It's amazing how quickly he ascended the uh, escalator of wide receivers, right? Yeah, now, well, now he's number two. We're look, talking about him being number four at the beginning of camp, maybe. It's get, that that room is a lot, a lot emptier than it used to be. Yeah, where'd everybody go? <laughs> oh, they're <laughs> down the hall in yeah, the, training the training room. room. That's right. Yeah, there's rehab. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's tough. But that's, that's one of those things about receivers, man. You could have a lot at the beginning, but 
throughout the course of an NFL season, you usually need them all mm-hmm. on, in some capacity. So good on him. Listen, I thought little Jordan Humphrey. That's where I was about to go today. He came out in, in the first drive even. I think he he had two receptions for 27 three catches. On the three, first drive? Three catches. Yep, and then he then he only had one more thereafter, which, you know, what whatever, potato, potato. But it was I, also a first down, by the way. There you go. There Four balls, go. 57 yards. Little Jordan Humphrey earned his roster spot he last night. He didn't hurt his cause, I don't think, at all. And, and we were talking about whether that was going to be a toss-up between him and Callaway. Right. So, And I think that... Callaway's usage last night told you all you needed to know about his prospects of making this fifty-three. Right. He didn't. He, he did not see the field first. He didn't see the field first. It was Brandon Johnson. It was Lil Jordan Humphrey and Marvin Mims. Those were the three guys that started right. And then Callaway started to get worked in the mix with Kendall Hinton and maybe even Montreal Washington there on the back end. And even still, I don't even think he had a catch last night. No, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't. He had one target. Um, so, and you can tell by the way this was scripted. They wanted to get specific guys' opportunities. And you didn't see a ton in the run game. I was surprised to see McLaughlin out there. But Alberto, Brandon Johnson, Lil Jordan Humphrey. You're getting ahead of us here. Yeah. You're getting ahead of us yeah. here. Yeah, they, they were very intentional about that. Yeah. Let, we'll get to the man with a huge night here Goodness coming gracious. up in just a second. No but I wanted to hit something here on this receiver room before we move on. Please. So, assuming Judy's out week one, I'm going to say – that right now you've got Cortland Sutton, and, and, and I'll write it down here for you so you understand, and I can't go back on it. I've got Cortland Sutton. I've got Brandon Johnson. Okay. I've got Marvin Mims. I've got Lil Jordan Humphrey. And now here's where things get interesting, okay, because outside of Jerry, Judy, and Cortland Sutton, you need four other receivers right out of the chute to be on your roster because we assume Judy won't play week one. I don't know. I know how, as much as little, little Jordan Humphrey and Brandon Johnson and Marvin Mims kind of put their stamp on last night's game and, and said, look, these are three guys that, that we expect to contribute, at least if they need to, for, for a game or two, maybe a couple of games here. Who's the fifth? Because nobody stepped up and took that spot. I kept waiting for that in the second half. I was like, all right, who's going who's gonna, to who's gonna stake their claim here? And nobody did. Kendall Hinton had a couple of drops. He did not have a good game last night. Montreal Washington, Kyle, they didn't even use Montreal Washington in the fo- in, until Danucci in the fourth quarter outside a kick return. Writing's on the wall for that one, which stinks because I, by all accounts, he's had a pretty good camp. But it's just, you know, when you, they draft your replacement and he's such a similar player to you, you know, like I said, it's, it's almost a foregone conclusion. I don't know, you know, and, and, and right now, if you're not going to put Judy on IR, you've got five guys, right? You've got Humphrey, Judy, Johnson, Mims, and Sutton. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not like anyone set themselves apart. And to that effect, Tuesday is cutdown day. You've got, as Steve Levy said on the broadcast last night, 1,100, you know, almost 1,200 players that are going to be free agents on the same day. George Payton's going to be a busy man here over these next few days. Wheeling and dealing, baby. Yes, yes he is. that phone. Yeah, because we may even see some cuts start to roll in today. I already saw some, the Giants cut James Robinson, former Jags running back, former Jets running back. That could be an interesting option, but the Broncos don't, don't really need it. And that part of that reason is because of their undrafted rookie that they discovered, but we'll get to him in a minute. I just I just want to want to put out there that if we're going to be looking at one spot to keep an eye on, the Broncos bringing somebody in and cut down day, I think it's that fifth receiver. I'm not so sure that Kendall Hinton staked his claim. I think if you have to go with that, 
you know that you can trust him because he's got that track record. But he again, that's a guy that he just he doesn't do anything great, but he does everything solid because he's right. a good football player. Yikes. And Sean Payton does, did say at the beginning of his tenure that he just loves good football players, right? That's who he wants on this team. So Who doesn't? Kendall Hinton fits the bill. Breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get to the man with the huge night. I don't know that I could pull from memory at any point a player that in the preseason finale, in my eyes, went from so firmly not making this 53-man roster to... I would be stunned if they kept him off at this stage, and that's Albert Okwebenam. Seven catches on eight targets, 109 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, huge plays, chunk plays, and I know it's against L.A.'s reserves, and Kyle and I already spoke about the effort that they displayed last night, but you cannot deny some of that athleticism that he showed onto the field last night. He did everything. He caught the ball in the middle of the field. He caught the ball on the sidelines. He made contested catches. He scored. I don't know how you keep him off the roster. And we talked about it. For all of his woes in the blocking game, he can be an effective downfield option. I guess. I mean, I guess the last two weeks do outweigh the last several years. And we on the pregame show last night called that poppycock, right? I mean, we on the pregame show last night said that was hogwash. I mean, how, how, how are you going to actually tell me that the last two weeks of practice, last week and a half of practice, really outweigh the last two seasons of a sample size? But I, the light came on. It's undeniable. It happens. It, it, it happens. And, and so, you know, when there's challenge presented, he absolutely answered the call last night. Absolutely. And I think they were very intentional, again, about giving him opportunity to prove that he belongs on this team. And, and he didn't. He didn't disappoint, man. I was That was actually fun to watch, actually. Of course it was fun to watch. You know why? Because that's a guy who's right on, on, on the doorstep of the chopping block, and here he is, like the Undertaker, back to life. <laughs> like a phoenix rising from the ashes, here's go. Albert Okwebenam. Yeah. Unless you were a guy, and you can tell me, because there's been plenty of people out there that were actually rooting against him. You're tired of his act. You're tired of what he can't do, his, his limited skill set. There, I'm sure there were some people that were kind of cringing at the performance. We've wasted enough time on you, there you already. Go. There you go. Right. It's just like me cringing at Brett Maher's performance, which we got to get to in a second. Been here for six weeks. We got to get to that in a second because something happened to me watching Brett Maher last night, and I think it said everything that you need to know about Brett. But it calls into question this performance by Albert. What they're going to do in the tight end room? Mike Kliss went through and announced what he projects to be his 53. And even Cliss on the broadcast was saying how Albert O may have just actually staked his case to be on this roster. Nate Adkins didn't have as good of a third preseason game. If they choose to cut him, I don't believe anybody is going to pick him up. And Nate Adkins is the undrafted free agent rookie out of South Carolina, I believe. Yes, I'm going to push back a little bit. He didn't get the ball, right? I think he had one reception. Okay. He blocked his tail off, though. You saw that, huh? Yes. Yes, and they attached him, and, and, and they, didn't, they didn't use him the way they used Albert O. And I don't think that's the expectation, but he was in there scrapping on that Jaleel McLaughlin run that was 14 yards that he ripped off. 
The one where he got stopped up the middle and broke it and outside? Ripped in, and yeah, no, 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 no. He stayed inside the tackle on this oh, one. Oh, later in the game, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, Ad, yeah. But yeah, Atkins yeah. Was, was critical in that. Mm-hmm. So um, he's a guy that's willing to go in and, and what we call getting his nose bloody a little bit. So And that has value. It has a lot of value. You know where it has even more value? In a Sean Payton offense. Yeah. Because he can give you some versatility, not only playing a tight end position, but he can also be your backup H-back fullback from what I've seen. I see no reason why, with a with a full year in the Peyton system, why he can't project to be a versatile guy like that. And we know how much Sean Payton loves those guys. So, well, let me let me finish my point about Nate Atkins, sure, and, I, and, sure. I, and I recognize your pushback. If you were to move on from him, I don't believe that anybody's going to come scoop him up. Now, I could be wrong, and that's a gamble that you could take. It's probably not a huge gamble either. If you lost him, you could go find somebody like that. But... Do the Broncos keep five tight ends? No. Because there's a case to be made. No, I, I don't think you can. I don't think you can. I, I think it would have been a push to keep four, and I think you have to keep four at this point. All right, so then, so then you five. keep Albert O. Yeah. You know why? Because if you let him go after last night, somebody grabs You're him. saying goodbye to him. Yeah, well, you know who might grab him? The L.A. Rams. <laughs> they, they just they just had a front row seat to a hundred and ten yard performance in the last week of the preseason. You ever been to California? Yeah, how, how do you like the sound of L.A., Albert? <laughs> you haven't had much opportunity. Ringing true, huh? <laughs> but you want to talk about a guy who I think could use him, Sean McVay? Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so yeah, I just don't I don't think that they move on. Uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Jaleel McLaughlin, who got the start last night and. Got a little bit more work than I anticipated. I don't know about you, but it was clear that Sean Payton said, all right, all right, Rook, you're on the squad here, but you got to go and get some more experience. And this is probably the best opportunity with the least amount of pressure on you to do so. Get some more experience and and seal the deal, right? I don't know that we want to take you from the out, out the backseat of your Ford Focus and now you're, and now you're have so much success that you're now sitting the preseason game along with Russell Wilson and, and Jonathan Cooper. I don't, I don't, I don't know that we want to. We want to keep you humble, young man. You're not going to have to use that defroster tonight, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> man, what a great story! Amazing story. What a great and, story. And, and, and honest to goodness, he seems like just the nicest young man. He just seems like How somebody that you'd love to have a conversation. You know what? And that's right. Yeah. Great young man. Per, yeah. Oh, is that Eddie O? Eddie O. Last I heard, he was great young man. Yeah, he was down in Daytona. Look at them, the young coet. Don't do no digging around here. <laughs> the skeletons are deep in the closet. <laughs> all right, all right. I want, <laughs> I want to see. Let's let's talk about Brett Maher. We can get to we can get to the defense here coming up. Oh man! All right. So there's a moment after the Broncos score their first touchdown. Right? They think they have the touchdown to Mims. That was that was going to be the first score of the game, right? No, no, no. What where, where, where am I getting that wrong? First score of the game. Now I got to look it up. Oh, McLaughlin's touchdown? Yeah. But it was the big completion that got him down there, wasn't it? Now I'm all confused. I feel like that happened in the second. Yeah, it was McLaughlin second. with yeah. the one-yard touchdown. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. No, okay. All right. Thank you, Ty. Thank you for clearing that up. The little Jordan Humphrey drive. That's what it was. There okay. we go. 
And the Alberto had a nice catch. Two two nice catches, actually. Everybody did their thing on that one. Oh, it was the Mims. It was the Mims reverse sweep. Excuse me, folks. It was the Mims. Uh, Where he little, got the face mask. Yeah. yeah. Where his head almost oh, got ripped goodness, right man. off. That Come was on. brutal. And, and then, see, that's the thing about preseason football guys. Yeah. You're playing reckless, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you get your doggone draft pick. You're one of your prize draft picks from this year. You get him hurt on a guy playing out of his mind. So that's what scares you. Sure. About being in this game. Sure. I did notice that that was a TCU rookie that tried to take Mims's head off, which is one less good defensive player than the Buffs are going to have to deal with next Saturday. But that's a conversation for later. All right, so they score that touchdown. McLaughlin with the one-yard punch in. Mims obviously taken down. McLaughlin finishes off the drive. The Broncos get on the board. And at that moment, I get up from the couch to go let the dogs out. And, and as I'm walking away... There's something in the back of my mind that goes, just might want to take a beat and watch this extra point. So I turned around and kind of tilted my head to the side and watched the screen. And I was like, yep, that's exactly why I'll never feel comfortable with Brett Maher. It was just a it was a subconscious reaction where normally I'd be like, yeah, extra point. Of course, he's going to make this. Then I say, I might want to. Why do I I want to just watch this one go through the uprights? Maher, yeah. Maher made every kick. He is probably going to open the season as the as your week one starter, as your kicker. But I'll never not have that. Right? I'll never not have the double take. Is that wrong of me? What's it going to take? I, I mean, what kind of streak, what type of pressure kick is he going to have to make to finally I don't know make you feel yeah. Unless you did it consistently. Over a season where we're in like week 15, it's like, man, is Maher going to make this one? Of course, he's been nails all year. Right. Let's go, Brett. I just, it'll be always, hey. What if he had like a, a Prater type year, the Tebow year, right? What do you mean, where he's just winning every game? Well, yeah. If they go on a winning streak like six games and Maher is just one from 60, one from 59, and then it's like he sets the NFL record at 67 in week three. Hey, man, <laughs> scores like 12 to 9. I every, still would yeah. be looking at him sideways. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Hey, we want your reaction to game three of the preseason on the Rombleslaw.com text line, 303-713-1043. I want to get into some of what the defense did last night, but coming up next, what did we learn from each preseason game? We had three different games here to draw from on top of training camp, but I'm just talking about, I believe, that the preseason games, right, it's like the test. You, you you learn a couple of chapters that week in class, and then at the end of the week you got the test. I think we can take a lot from the three tests the Broncos have had this preseason, and we'll share those takeaways next. Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan presents Matt Smith and Kyle Reese. Bus driver closed the door and drove the heck off. <laughs> man, well, taking me back to college, man. I was—I remember watching that DVD, man. You take me down memory lane, man. All right, Peter Mac, man. Yeah, indeed. The great, I ain't scared of you. I ain't scared of you. <laughs> Who you with? You ever watch the Bernie Mac show? I thought that was the least. I, I liked that the least of. Everything that he did. Yeah, I agree. It was still good, though. Yeah. It was still good, though. Some great memories from all that stuff. No doubt. We are just talking about the original Kings of Comedy behind the scenes. You ever see Guess Who, the movie he did with Ashton Kutcher? I did. That was a good one, too. That was a good one, too. Where he comes home and Mike Epps, the cab driver. (laughs) Hey, man, look. 
He could, he could, he doesn't even have to say anything. His expressions, no. right? Yeah, they, they speak volumes. Hey, there was a reason why he batted last at the original Kings of Comedy, right? Because he just absolutely tore the house down every time, saving so. the best. All right, hey, what did we learn from each Broncos preseason game? And on the RamosLaw.com text line, do me a favor: three zero three seven one three one zero four three. I want your takeaways from this Broncos preseason. How do you feel now? compared to how you felt heading into training camp as the regular season. You know what's going to happen. You know what we are two weeks away from? We are two weeks away from seven hours of commercial-free football. Those words coming out of Scott Hansen's mouth on Red Zone. I can't wait. I can't wait. Are you a Red Zone guy? No. Yeah, that's right. You're not a Red Zone guy? I am not. What? I am not. How, how do you keep up with the games? That's why you suck at pick'em. It's because you don't watch enough of the league then. Well, there's a yeah. I guess you could say that. I just, <laughs> I guess you could say that. The, the problem is, is that I don't like just it's offensive football, red zone football, right? Because it's about scoring. Yeah, but, I don't mind. But watching you realize that when you're watching football. offensive red zone football, you also have an opportunity to watch defensive red zone football at the very same time. Yeah, no. No? Yeah, no. I, I, I don't mind how, watching. How does that not work? No, I don't mind watching football played inside the 20s either. You know, I, I don't mind a good defensive contest. I know that's not the sexy They show thing you everything important you miss. They show you everything important you miss. It's like, oh, the Chiefs are in the red zone. How'd they get there? They cut to the Chiefs game. They'll flash back and show you the play that got them to the red zone. Look, man, no two people are made <laughs> identically, okay? Have you, you like ever you sat like? down? Have you ever sat down a full day and watched red zone? No. Yeah, well, that's your, that's your problem. Yeah, if, I, I guarantee it, I'm if cool. you did it, I guarantee it, if you did it, you'd change your mind. I'm Ty, are you a red zone guy? Never had the chance. My family just gets uh, Sunday to take it. You should subscribe. It's cheap. You can do it on a, on your own. I think it's like seven ninety nine or something like oh, that. If, yeah, yeah. If you, if you go on NFL.com and go to NFL Plus, you can sign up for it. Yeah, you should absolutely oh, yeah. check yeah. it out. I'm, yeah. I'm not a. I'm not a on my own time. It's the best way to watch. It really, in my opinion, it is because you're just first of all, no commercial breaks, and you're never missing anything boring. And if there's if there's nothing going on, they just replay what's what what's going on that you might have missed. Yeah, so. I'm not opposed. All right, all right. Enough oh, of like football. Enough no, of the free commercials. I'll, I'll, I'll watch that while I'm here doing games. Exactly. You should absolutely do that. A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I'm just so you're doing some of the London games. Yeah, yeah. I would absolutely do that. And of course, that's two weeks away. And I can't wait. And we're talking about the first opening action, Kyle. Send the, first, the invoice, man. The first fantasy games of the year and the, and the first week one slate. That's my problem. I'm not a fantasy football guy. Well, let's get you into it this I year. I can't do it. Well, let's get you into I, it this I, year. I, I, I Would refuse. you like to join my league? No. I refuse to do it. You also refused to answer my trivia question the other day. That was funny. And you and it was just like, come on, just join in. Like, I was asking which mascot had been cooked and served to their football team at a team banquet, and you didn't even want to play the game. Well, no, it's not that I didn't want to play. It's I just came in in the middle of the question. I did not I would have repeated it for you. Oh, okay. All right. Well, next time, I appreciate it. Am I not your guy? Am I? Are we not boys? Just like, chill out. Like, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. What did we learn from each of these three preseason games? What did we learn just now about hey, each other? Look, Mr. Coach Reese, uh, oh, my, my acquaintance, I, I what kid, would you? I kid. I don't know. I don't know. Like Jerry Seinfeld said, look, just like the, the Bavarian cream pie joke, there's a shred of truth to everything. Oh, so, so I understand where you're coming. No, it's okay. If that's the way you feel, it's okay. We can talk it out on <laughs> What did you take away from the first loss at the Arizona Cardinals? O-line needs some work. And that was 
unfortunately, uh, Russell Wilson was on the receiving end, and, and he's the reason we came to that conclusion because he took a lot more hits than he should have. But the offensive line uh, was not a is not a complete product as of yet. Any anything else there? Uh, defense was ready to roll. Right, um, put the offense in a really good position early in the game that they walked away with a zero points from. Um, the third down percentage was still still wasn't great. They were five of fourteen in that game. So the things that I had as benchmarks for the offense in the preseason, they didn't they didn't meet those expectations out the gate. Yeah, certainly it didn't look good early, right? But Sean Payton knows what he's doing. We learned that. (laughs) If we didn't learn that throughout the first few weeks of training camp, we certainly learned it in week one, right? He he sent the the first-team offense back out there for a fourth drive. We saw our our first examples of play sequencing and good play design we've seen in the last several seasons here in Denver. They showed an ability to get the first first down on the ground and to set up the pass with the run, which will open up the entire playbook for Russell Wilson and Sean Payton because play-action passing wasn't something they were effective at last year. They were 31st in the league in play-action pass use rate. So the ability to get back to what's going to make them great I think was, was was good to see. Situational football, we saw Sean Payton has a much better understanding and is much more prepared. There's not going to be a deer-in-the-headlights moment as we saw him force Jonathan Gannon's hand at the end of the first half to call a timeout that he absolutely didn't need to. The pass rush was a pleasant surprise. It continued what we'd seen early in camp, that it was like, hey, maybe maybe this position group that was one of our biggest red flags heading into the season can actually do a little something here. Maybe, maybe we ought to be excited about this pass rushing group. And, and to me, highlighting that would have been a Cooper and uh, Benito. No question. And Benito, you know, he's taking that second-year leap, and, and everyone is really impressed with how far he has come because he couldn't bust a grape in a fruit fight last year. Right. And, and now he's now he's on track. Adam Troutman looked good in that game, too. We, we learned go. that Sean Payton found himself a number one tight end, dirt cheap. What did they What did they give up, a sixth-rounder for him? Bag of Cheetos. Yeah, there was nothing for him. And as you mentioned, the offensive line has a long ways to go. And the kicking game is a disaster, is what we learned in week one. Good thing the Cardinals stunk at it, too. All right, what about San Francisco? Ah, San Francisco. Again, the situational football, right? And I don't know that it came back to bite you, uh, but you saw how the, the end of the first half was managed. And obviously that was an uh, unfortunate play where Jalen Virgil, uh, there was a meniscus he tore mm-hmm. right in his knee. Uh, but they managed to drive the ball down and find themselves in position to to finish that. And, and the reason that's important to me is because I believe they're going to be, again, in a lot of close games. So the way they handle those particular situations and, and find a way to get some points on the board, you have a lot more confidence in Sean Payton in being able to do that. We also learned that Russ is going to run this year, right? Run, Russ, <laughs> run. And he can this year. Not that he's just going to. But then when he takes off, it's not going to look like he's running in quicksand, which at some points last season, it's like, hey, man, what, what's going on here? Like, this is not the same dude that we're used to watching when you go and go ahead and take off. We also learned that the Sean Payton offense, even though it's just flashes, man, it's just we're starting with such a better foundation here that when you do that, when as a coach, if you're able to install the foundation, have these concepts make sense, even if they're complicated, what you do, Kyle, is you set your guys up for a position to build on what they learn because they have a good foundation. Yeah. Whereas last year with Nathaniel Hackett, there was nothing there was nothing at the basis of all of it. Yeah. So you couldn't build off of anything because there was nothing to build off of. You, you know what makes that really exciting is that 
This is just preseason week two that we're talking about. Absolutely. What this offense looks like in week nine, as they start to layer and layer and have success in things, it can be really dynamic. The other thing that I took away from the Niners game, Javante Williams, man, it's an amazing comeback story. And I, and even if he just has a just an average year, for him to come back as quickly as he did and be thrown right into the fire, I, I think it's an amazing story, and they can have a lot of success with that combination of him and P. Ryan. Jaleel McLaughlin also arrived in, in week two of the, the preseason. We, we'd heard a lot about this kid. We'd seen a lot of him at training camp, making plays every day. Like, and, I, and I'm not being hyperbolic. It's every day he was, he was making a big play. It was an explosive run here. It was a catch out of the backfield there. He demonstrated and has demonstrated in the preseason – a diverse skill set, and he's a willing blocker. He stuck his face right in there last night in a couple of those pass rush situations, and and you got to be able to do that if you want to make this team at five seven. A few other things I felt like uh, were, were noteworthy from San Francisco again with the pass rush. Jonathan Cooper stepping up in a big way. Elijah Garcia proving that it wasn't just a fluke in Week One. He can make some plays for you. Isang Bassi once again. Yeah, Henningson, don't forget about that. Can't forget about Henningson. Yeah. And then you also had to recognize, you know, Sean Payton's just a massive upgrade. No just a massive upgrade. It was a first-round pick and almost $20 million a year, but what a huge upgrade it was. Last thing for me. Yeah. I felt like the receivers had the worst game in the in week two. But it was also yeah. because you're probably playing against the best defense you've seen thus far, and Russ had pressure in his face the entire time. Not even in the receiving game. Corliss Sutton had a holding penalty early. Sure. Kendall yeah. Hinton, I believe, had two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so, you know, when you're when your guys on the fringe like Kendall Hinton is, you definitely can't take yardage off the board from your team. That doesn't help your cause at all. So, unless there's just more and more injuries every week, and the door keeps staying wide open for you. <laughs> all right, Kendall. All right, Come so on. that's that's what we took out of the first two weeks. I would say sample size, first two weeks of the preseason. There's a lot to build from. Sure, but there's also some negatives, right? You're probably not as deep as you thought you might have been. Your offensive line that you invested the most capital in this offseason has been underwhelming to say the least thus far, and you haven't had a chance to see them all together. And again, you realize that you're probably not going to have a dynamic offense because Russ just isn't the dude to sit in the pocket and wheel and deal. He's going to be a gamer, and this year it's time to just let him be Russ. You don't want him to be Peyton. You don't want him to be Aaron Rodgers. We had a promo running last week where Mike Evans was saying, at some point, you have to prove that you can dominate from inside the pocket. Do you? I, I, I don't know. Th- I don't know that you do. I, I really don't know that Russ does. If I'm Sean Payton, I'm encouraging Russ to go play. Now, I'm hoping you're not going to break break the structure and, and break schedule if it's not necessary. But if it is necessary, go, man. That's how you became the most winningest quarterback over the first 10 years of their career of anybody in NFL history. Yeah, but, see, it, but it's a tough proposition. As we this watch. is your coach speaking. This yeah. is your inner coach speaking. No, no, no. He's got to be on time, got to be on schedule. Well, I, I would love for a guy that was really good in rhythm throws and, and saw the field in that way, but he's just not that guy, and he never has been. And and it's a tough proposition because I'm, we're sitting here watching the Chiefs and the Browns who have very athletic quarterbacks who are also under 30 years old. Russell Wilson is going to be 35 this year. We're talking about 12 years in the league. The problem is when you talk about that type of play, it just doesn't lend itself to longevity, right? You don't want your 35-year-old quarterback scrambling. There's a few other preseason takeaways that we need to hit, and there was a Bronco that made a really strong case 
for the 53-man roster last night. We've got tons to get into. We're also previewing CU and TCU, which is just six days away. All that and more to come. Matt Smith and Kyle Reese on your Sunday morning on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Sports Station 104.3 The Fan presents Matt Smith and Kyle Reese. Matt Smith and Kyle Reese in on your Sunday morning. Join in on the RamosLaw.com text line 303-713-1043. Should Albert O make the final 53? Did he did he do enough last night? to outweigh the last two years. I want that answer. I want to see what fans think because nobody's more honest than a fan. And fans have seen the last several seasons. So does one big-time performance in the third preseason game of the year, the finale, when you're going up against twos, threes, and guys who are going to be on the street in, in 24 hours, does that outweigh the first several years of his career. We've got one already from the 402 in Nebraska. I think this is a little bit of a stretch, but trading or releasing Albert O would be second worst to the Broncos trading for Wilson. <laughs> the second a, worst. Yeah, I think that's the a little bit. Yeah, that might be a bit of a reach. It's a little bit of a stretch. It might be a bit the of a second stretch. second worst move by the Broncos only to trading for Wilson. Hey, I want to get down to some of our, get back to some of our takeaways, and we'll come up with those here a little bit later. But did you happen to catch... Aaron Rodgers' debut for the uh, New York Jets last night. Spinning it, man. Who was he ever? He went 5-for-8 for 47 yards and a touchdown on two series. And it was the first preseason game that Rodgers has played since 2018. Man, he, he had a dime, an absolute dime to Garrett Wilson for a touchdown. And I just I was watching him after he came off the field interact with Nathaniel Hackett there for a minute, Kyle. And I was, oh, man, what could have been? And it's weird to say that because of how bad things went last year that, hey, maybe with another guy, Hackett could have made it work. Although I'll say maybe Hackett needed to be humbled a little bit before he was going to be able to make it work like that with Rodgers again. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Either way, that's ancient history at this stage. There's a special connection between the two two, two men. But is there any doubt that the reason he was hired was to get Rodgers? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I... I get why you would hire him because those two legitimately do have that type of, that type of connection. Anyway, yeah. whatever. I can't wait to see him in week five. We're going to be counting down that play clock. I can guarantee you. All right, Trey Lance to Dallas was that was one of the biggest you know stories that kind of was it dropped Friday, right? Kind of a Friday news dump that the 49ers said, yeah, yeah, don't worry about us. You know, trading three first round picks for this dude. We're going to offload him for a fourth rounder to Dallas, where he's going to go sit behind Cooper Rush. That's tough. I guess it makes sense if you look at it from the perspective of, well, Dak is almost guaranteed to miss some games this year. He misses games, it feels like, every season. The thing is, Cooper Rush came in and played well for him last year. And so what is it that you're trying to accomplish? Are you looking to move on from him? Are you looking to change his position? what, What are the possibilities there? To me, it says a flyer, a development candidate. Are you going to package insurance? And it also says packaging him it also says using him with tony pollard in short yardage situations probably in the red zone yeah man if they could have like a a a Taysom hill effect 
Right. But he's not the runner that Justin Fields is even, but he's still a pretty damn good runner. Yeah. So we'll see how it, how it all plays out there for, for Trey Lance in Dallas. There are a bunch of Broncos fans that are like, we should have had Trey Lance. Uh, guys, he's. I know that he carved up the Broncos' third team in week two of the preseason against San Francisco, but there's a reason that he just got shipped out for a fourth-round draft pick after he was moved up in the draft for three first-rounders, right? I mean, let's just have a little perspective here. Hey, by the way, the other the other bit of news that came out of the NFL yesterday transactionally, ah, he's back, Josh Jacobs. One year, $12 million with the Raiders with special incentives, but it appears that the Broncos are not going to catch a lucky break in week one, and they're going to see one of their nemesises. Is it nemesis? Like Mises? Like Moose? I'm going like to go with whatever you nemesis, say. Nemesis? Or yeah. is it nemesises? On the text line. Nemesis? Nemesises? Even if it was on the text line, I don't think we would be able to read it right. <laughs> so, uh, Were you a little disappointed to see that Jacobs and, and the Raiders seemed to work things out? Um, no, not disappointed. You know, I, I'm still a football fan, so... You know, I, and Josh Jacobs deserved to get paid. Well, good yeah. for you. Yeah. I, I don't know what to tell you. I, was I don't bummed. think the Broncos should lose to the Raiders even with Jacobs, even though he's been their, their nemesis. And the nemesis. Yeah. Yeah. Even though he's been a pain in their in their side, a thorn in their side. I still think they should win that game. Man, I hope so. I hope so. They've lost six in a row to the Raiders. Which, <sighs> all right, which is more embarrassing? Which is more embarrassing? No. 15 in a row to the Chiefs or Raiders. six in a row to the Raiders? Because the Raiders aren't a good football team, right? The Chiefs you can live with because they have their best quarterback in franchise history. You can live with that. The Raiders are still not a good football team, and you can't figure out a way to beat them. We're on to Raiders week now. You realize that. We're, like, on, we're, we're on to Vegas. As as Bill, as our good buddy Bill used to say, we're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Vegas. I'm excited, man. I mean, it's just two more weeks to go here, and we can be done with the what is this going to look like. I can't wait to see Sean Payton take the training wheels off of this offense. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22, as Taylor Swift would say. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know about you. But I am excited to see what Sean Payton is going to scheme up for the Broncos this year, legitimately. That's not me, you know, giving you lip service. That's not me telling you they're going to be a playoff team. I'm just looking forward to watching a smart strategist be at the helm here for the Broncos. Yeah, there, there's an adult back at the helm. And uh, it, it feels good. And you can see it, man. And the players can see it, too. And, and the breakdown that we saw on Christmas Day last year, players going at each other, a lack of effort. You can go as far as to say the team quit. And to now have someone that would not allow that and would never it would never even enter that stratosphere. Well let's hope. That's a that's a really quick bounce back from a team that was in the Dipsy dumpster last year. Well that's why you moved the first round pick and that's why you committed financially the way you did to Sean Payton. He had to show up in this manner and I would say what would you give Sean Payton as a grade throughout the preseason and training camp? Ooh. Hackett got like a C minus D plus last year at the best. Uh, I would. I'm gonna go on and give the man an A minus, and only because you know you you had some snafus at the end of games in weeks one and two that lost you games. Otherwise, you're grading out at A for me. All right, A minus, okay. and I'll say A minus too because, well. I feel like it's unfair because he's he's had a ton of injuries in camp to deal with. I'll say A minus because I think camp could have been 
They could have been doing a little bit more, you know, of the of the rust reps early. I would say out of my only criticisms, I, w- I would have thought that they would have had refs out there more, but maybe he didn't want officials interfering with the install portion of his offense. He would certainly know better than I. Who am I to critici- criticize him on that one? But I'll just say I thought that the split reps for Stidham and Danucci that ate into Russell's, so many of Russell's reps, I don't know, maybe a couple of days I'd like to see a little heavier workload for Russell. But, yeah, A-. minus. A minus. I think that's a good way to good way to categorize it. All right, coming up on the other side, college football is back. Before we get back into the Broncos preseason game and some more of our takeaways from this training camp from Sean Payton camp comeback, as we called it, and of course these last three preseason games, it's time to talk about some college ball because week zero started yesterday. Notre Dame was in action. Heisman favorite potentially to run it back. Caleb Williams, potential number one overall draft pick in the NFL in 2024 was in action. Did you watch any of that? All right, we'll find out next.